Good old sports fans. It's another morning. Sports happen. We're here for it. Uh, we were just talking. Are we pros yet? I think we're semi-pro. 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 We're working on yeah. it. Yeah. We got a uh, few more little hills to get over before we can uh, uh, qualify ourselves as pros. But... Maybe uh, just more content. Yeah. Content-wise, quality. But... That's all coming together. So. We do have a plan. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but I'm Riley Pate, co-host, best friend, business partner, etc., etc., so forth and so on. Adrian Herndon. We're here for it. Yeah. Yep, man. So we have an interesting little setup for you guys. Now, yesterday's show uh, was interesting. Uh, and what we, we started on, we talked about the NBA, but. And yo, the Suns in the uh, the Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets game was not a. Uh, it wasn't a. a yeah, it wasn't much of a game, but that doesn't surprise me. I, I was expecting more of a yeah. a game there. <laughs> and I guess you know, like I said on uh, earlier uh, before the show, is that the uh, the Suns have been at it and contenders for the last three years. And it seems like, it, like you said, they can never get over the hump. They're just, they get there and they get right at the door and it gets shut. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's locked for them. I don't know what it's going to take for them to unlock that door, if it's going to be a, another key player, um, because they, they still have Chris Paul over there, along with Devin Booker, who are great players, by the way, but it seems like that's not enough. Uh, to keep them going, to to help them, you know, get over that hump and to continue to just succeed as a team. I mean, and the Nuggets are on a roll over um, on the West, so they're just one of those teams that if you don't stop, if you don't stop them, then they will take full control of the game. I think if you can, if you can even manage to stay in the game with them, I mean, that's good. May come up short, but if you can manage to stay in the game with the Nuggets, then that's, I mean, that's a little success in itself. Well, I mean, the Nuggets, and I'm going to get to some some things about some individuals here in just a second, but just here's the difference. Okay, from field goal range, uh, Suns last night, 39 for 90, that's 43.3%. The Nuggets, 48 for uh, 85, which is 56.5%. Shooting-wise, I mean, just three points. Nine for 32 for the Suns, 28.1%. 15 for 34 for Denver, 44.1%. They were about even on the... They were exactly even on the free throw percentage. But it's it, it's the ability to score, obviously. Right. But I'm talking about j- just the accuracy. The, the ability to go, you know, 15 for 34. Yeah. Not great, but pretty good from three points. But it, it it's that two point percentage yeah. uh, that makes a difference. It's, then, it's Denver's ability to play in the paint. Yeah, and that's what kills them. I mean, that's what that's what that's how they kill teams. I mean, I've s- seen it for the last because they're another one of those teams that have been going back and forth. You know, yeah. um, in the playoffs, you know, have been right at the door but always fall short. But this year seems promising for them. Well, I, and I think the big difference this year is just the overall team aspect. You know, in the past it's been Jokic and hey, you got to take over because you're the yeah. Joker. And you, but but again, I go back to what I said a while back about their their ability uh, 
to play team basketball. Jokic had 21 points. Pope had 15. Murray had 16. Uh, then you go down Highland, 21. Uh, Nanaji, 15. I mean, that's just spreading the basketball. It's not any one guy you know, having to step up. Everybody's kind of playing their role. Jokic is being a leader. Now, there are times, you know, uh, last night where Jokic had to take over, he, he does his thing, but it's not all on him. Right. And I think that that's the difference in this Nuggets team uh, and some of them that we've seen in the playoffs or some of them that we've seen kind of on the fringe is in the past it's been Jokic and that's about it. If you could right. stop the Joker, you had the Nuggets. This <clears> year it seems to be, you know, so far at least it's it's different. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a good thing for them. I mean, because we've talked about uh, quite a bit on this show how you, you know, if teams have a full basketball team, you know, with other helpers, you know, it's not just that one guy, then you're able to play a full a full court of basketball and with, you know, good basketball at that. And so the Nuggets have obviously figured that part out, but... And the Suns are just lacking some fire. Yeah, and that's, and that's all. You know, but that's why I said if they were to get another... Maybe another key piece uh, to that, to add to that, uh, Chris Chris Paul and Devin Booker duo, then um, that'd be great. Maybe that'll help them, you know, get there. But as of right now, man, the Nuggets and the Pelicans are kind of dominating, or not kind of, but they're dominating the uh, West Coast right now. So Not your beloved Lakers. No. No, they play tonight. They have a game tonight against the Mavs, so uh, we're going to see how that goes. That was a good Christmas Day matchup. It really was. It has always been uh, a good matchup between the Lakers and the Mavericks. Somehow, they always, uh, it's always a close game. Um, I don't understand. They should have won Christmas. Uh, that was a that was a poor, um, poor second half for the Lakers. It really was. Yeah. I mean, they. They dominated defensively in that first half. Yeah, and, and it was like they fell apart. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I, but I was sitting there watching that game going, oh, well, the Lakers are back. Yeah. And no, they're not. Well, it, it seems in some places that Darvin Ham changes his defensive look up uh, sometimes late in the game. Yeah. And it doesn't look like what it, you know, what it looked like maybe in the first half. That I, certainly was true on Christmas. Yeah. So, yeah, they play the Mavericks tonight, and they're catching Luka Doncic while he's uh, on fire. So, <laughs> uh, hopefully, um, because you know I'm a Lakers fan, hopefully they can do something to kind of extinguish that fire. You won't stop him completely, but you you can do something to kind of you know just dampen it just a little bit. Uh, I think defense will be a key play, a key piece in this game, and uh, shooting wise as well. I think them being um, being able to score in the paint will be more important than trying to uh, score outside the perimeter um, and on the wing. Just play your job and do your job. Play your game and do your job uh, in the paint, and I think that game will be it'll be a good game. And, you, and if you can stop Luka good enough, long enough, to where you can at least get a good, solid lead and keep that lead, then that'll well, be Well, that's the story with Dallas. you got to stop Luka. Yeah. Because not like Mark Cuban's trading for anybody else. Hello, Mark Cuban. If you ever hear this show, you need to get somebody. You're wasting Luca's career, but you know. Yeah. That's my rant for the day. You get to rant about LeBron and the Lakers, so I can yeah. have a right to say something about Luca. Well, yeah, I agree with you there because, I mean. You're killing him. A guy can only, I mean, he's having 50, 
fifty plus games, sixty. The guys, <laughs> you don't want him to get burnt out. He, you know? He's gonna be one of those guys with Hall of Fame statistics. So it's gonna get in the Hall of Fame, but might not ever win a championship because his team couldn't build around him. Yeah. Well, last thing you want is a Barry Sanders situation. Hey, y'all ain't gonna build around me. I'm out. See you later. Oh yeah, Dallas don't want to uh, lose. Don't want. Don't want that. They don't want to lose Luca. Uh, and I don't think. But don't, at some point, you've got to build. Like yeah. you've got to do something. Well, I, you I, didn't let dirt. Here's my thing. You didn't let dirt get exposed like that. Like you yeah. built around dirt. So why can't you build around Luca? What's What's the holdup? Now I, I I understand it's it's all about well like who's out there. But you you're telling me Dallas couldn't. We've been talking about Kimba Walker for the whole week. I mean, Dallas yeah. could benefit. Let's say that, that one of the pieces from the Lakers gets put on the market. Dallas yeah. could benefit from any of those guys. Well, I look at it like this. is You look at the position Dirk played. It was It's easier to build around a big guy than it is a shooting guard. Well, that's true, but you, that's still a star point. Like it is. I mean, for years we built around stars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but the reason why I say that is for big guys, you can find somebody. You can find a shooter. You know, you can find a shooter. You can find a facilitator. You can find um, a de- another defensive player. You can find another uh, wing player. You know, you can build your team like that, and that guy in the middle is that guy in the middle. And that's what Dirk was. But Dirk was just uh, just so gifted and so talented that he could be anywhere on the court and make a shot. True. Um, he, he was a truly special player. Yeah. But Luka is a true, another true yeah, special player. Not, not in the same way, right. granted, but he is a special basketball yeah. player. But I, I think them building around, around Luka, yeah, they have to really look at what they're missing, which is... <laughs> Kind of a lot. And like we've said so many times before, is them getting rid of uh, Seth Carey kind of put that stamp on, okay. And Porzingis. I mean. Yeah, and Porzingis. Because you lost your... Porzingis was as close as you were going to get to uh, an athletic big guy yeah. who could shoot and was exactly. dominant. And then you had uh, Seth Carey on the wing that was coming off the bench and or else starting some games and that could shoot. And then he match was an him excellent with role player. Yeah, match that with Luca. I mean, you had a solid, a solid, maybe not a solid team, but you had a durable team that could last. Say if they got into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but you have to bring that back. You have to get Luca that that caliber of help. But if you don't, like I said, he's going to get burnt out. You don't want him to get burnt out. I think the the one thing that could uh, change it is that he pushes and say, "Hey, I need some help." Now, now, I know that we're in the business of theoreticals, right? I mean, that's right. part of the sports media business. But imagine Anthony Davis on that basketball team. Oh, that's a different Mavericks. I mean, that's a big, I mean, a big difference. Because there is a possibility that he may be the piece put out on the market. Imagine a, a Russell Westbrook. I mean, that adds yeah. another shooter to the mix. Yeah. I, the reason why, I mean, or yeah. Or Patrick Beverly. It although, does. You know, Pat. I mean, Pat and Bev would probably go there before those two do, but well, I, 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 I think... I'm granted, I'm just yeah. saying any of those pieces... But right now, it would be asinine to get rid of Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook, you could justify. 
I uh, agree. I'm just saying that it's been reported in the past yeah. that AD might get shocked. Yeah, and, and well, can you imagine, let's just throw this out there. Let's say uh, they play the Mavericks tonight and the Mavs take it to them. If you're Anthony Davis, now LeBron said, I'm not going anywhere, I want to finish my career here, whatever. But if you're Anthony Davis and you look around and go, okay, that's a special talent. That's twice now that we couldn't contain him. That's twice now that they've taken it to us. If I'm going to get traded, that's a team. You've got to think that he would at least entertain the possibility, if he's going to be on the market, that Dallas might be a, a destination. I mean, you could be a big man. Know. You could be a star. I don't, I don't. I don't say that because knowing Anthony Davis and him knowing why he's there. That's why I said the likelihood of them getting rid of any of those two. It's more justifiable for Russ than is Anthony, and that's why I say that because when those when those uh, speculations or whatever were brought up and. You looked at it, and then you looked at his game, and you said, "There's no way they're going to get rid of that guy." Get rid of because at that point, when they were talking about trading him, he was putting up forty plus points a night. But that's what I'm saying. If yeah. they were talking about him then, I mean, and yeah. they're not they're not going to talk about it now. But and well, they'll probably talk about it with with Westbrook, maybe Kendrick Nunn. But they're I, not. I think it all depends on where they think they are and what the plan. Well, is. Well, that's uh, that's not the. If it, I'll say this, and I've said this before. If Rob Palinka allows that to happen, then if he and he does that, he's for fool. It's asinine. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying I just wouldn't be shocked if if that name starts getting floated again. The closer we get to the trade deadline, depending on where the Lakers are sitting and what, kind of what they're playing. Well, okay, but well, that's the thing is the, depending on where they're sitting, the Lakers aren't going to sit anywhere. They'll get them anywhere drastic. In the next few months, unless they make a, a humongous move, well, not even that because getting a getting a player at this point and expecting them to come in and make a drastic change at this point, we've seen it in the yeah, past. It's not. It's not. It's as common in yeah, basketball. It's not as it common, is in baseball, but, but because you still have to worry about chemistry on the team that you got. And adding a piece of that right now will not help that cause. So getting rid of Anthony Davis, why would you get rid of a key player that has chemistry with the guys that are there now and that is a scorer? Well, I'm saying if they're going to tear it down, like if everybody's going on the block except LeBron, I think that's going to be an interesting I thing. Think LeBron, got, I think LeBron will go on the block before Anthony Davis. So you could see them trading LeBron Heck this yes. summer and keeping Anthony yes. Davis. Yes. All right, we'll see. That, that would be interesting to me. I think that that would be the smart move for the Lakers. Given his, yeah, because given his contract, he's the only one that's up for it. He's not. I, I just think it all depends on how sold they are on LeBron. Yeah. But that that'll be interesting to see tonight uh, how that turns out. So if I told you that the that Giannis, the Greek freak, only scored seven points, would you believe that Milwaukee won the basketball game? If I if I said that. That's a seven-point win, but Milwaukee wins. What would you say? Or a seven-point game, but Milwaukee wins. What would you say? Who else did the work? <laughs> Who else did the work? I In the past, I would not have believed that. Like, if you told me the Greek freak only scored seven points, 
I just said, no way Milwaukee uh, wins. I could, this yeah. year is different. Uh, let's see. Brooke Lopez had 20. Holiday had 27. Portis had 13. Carter had 13. I mean, it was an, another overall. I think we're starting to see that pattern now with these true contenders that, hey, it's yeah. about team basketball. But what happened with Giannis for him to get shut? Did he get hurt? No, he played 35 minutes. I mean, they he just, just had did, seven points. He got they, shut down. Yeah, the Hawks just did a great job defensively. And in the past, that was the formula, right? You know, just trap him, keep him on the perimeter, do whatever you got to do to keep him out of the paint, and you're going to win was the basketball game. Was it a close game? game? No, uh, yeah, 114 to 105. So, I mean, close enough, nine-point game. But I – and the Hawks, man, you know, the Hawks have been contenders and they've kind of been on the fringe – this year it's not there. No, they're, they're not they're team down. In the Lakers down. have pretty much blown them out both times that they played them here recently. And I mean, that's a team that we thought, hey, they're just kind of one player away. You know, you you got that sense that they well had when some they pieces. were contenders, uh, but they ain't been contenders since twenty twenty. That's what I'm saying though, and, the, and, and, the, and I'm saying in the not so distant yeah. past, and that so, was a, a team that we would have thought. <laughs> But that's another team uh, that has a young star uh, in Trey Young. You have to, you know, build around him. But like I said, the Hawks have been, the Lakers blew them out their last two times that they played them here recently, actually, in the span of what, maybe two to three weeks. Uh, so you, you can look at that and say, yeah, they stopped Giannis, but you couldn't stop anybody else. Now, that's just a sign of a of a good basketball team where, you're not just depending on one guy. Everybody gets to a me, piece of the pie. Exactly. To me, that said more about how Milwaukee has grown. Yeah. As far as the the, the team aspect of basketball, yeah. and I thought that that said a lot for them. That I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't just say poor game planning for uh, Atlanta. I mean, you you did what you had to do to stop the big guy, and you did. But everybody else, they just left everybody else open to get uh, get their shot, and so. Well, uh, let's see. Celtics, first team to 30 wins. That's the team. Like, that's the team to beat. First team to 30 wins. They're they're the ones that you got to go after. Yeah, Grant Williams has nine. Jason Tatum has 31. Al Horford goes for 14. Brown goes for 41 last night. Uh, Let's see here. Brogdon goes for 20. I mean, they're just shooting the lights out. Like they, they they got shooters all over the. It's not just one, and it's not even just a team. It's just everybody's a shooter. Yep, 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 yep. And that's what makes that dangerous is you added those kind of guys with Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum, I've said it many times, can kill your game just by himself. He can beat a team just by himself. That's just how good he is. When he steps up to the, when he gets the ball in his hand. And he steps up to the line, and you got to guard him. Yeah. Oh, and don't don't let it be late in the game. The game's on the line. No, exactly. Yeah, he's, <laughs> a, he's a clutch player. Yeah. Now, now, now that's the as, definition of a clutch a clutch player. But as much as we talk about Brooklyn, right? You know, kind of being that team that was yeah. on a run and still are still a good basketball team. Boston proved last night we're still the team to beat. Now New Orleans, granted, they're playing without uh, their Zion Williamson. But they did put up 114. They get beat 125 to 114 by uh, Boston. But I mean, you start looking around at that team. They've got to hold out. Like they they they've just got to kind of float, tread water, yeah. and see 
how healthy is Zion going to be? Because that, that's another question. Is he going to be an injury-prone big guy, or is he going to be able well, to see, be sustainable? That's why, good? I, remember I said uh, a couple of days ago, is that's why if you stop him, you have a chance to beat them. Yeah, I mean, CJ McCollum had 38 last night and they still got beat. Because you, because you, they're not, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. The Pelicans are a good team. Dangerous team in the playoffs. Yeah. Especially if Zion's healthy. If, if that's, that's what I'm saying. If he's healthy. So, in that case, that's, that's like a, uh, what we would call a Philadelphia Eagles type of moment. Mm-hmm. Or type of team. They're nothing without Jalen Hurts. They need Jalen Hurts. Pelicans, as of right now, with this, if, okay, this is just one. This is the loss, one loss, right? Yeah. Uh, but you're not going to get him back for probably another two weeks. So we have to. Hamstring. We have to span, and we have to kind of, like you said, they see where they are. They have tread water, um, but in these next two weeks or whatever, they, you know, we're going to see how much you know of a good team they are. We're going. It's kind of going to expose their identity as a team. You know, it does it. The majority of that, their DNA lie in Zion Williams and CJ McCollum. Yeah, but we saw. You know, like I said, we saw last night that without Zion, CJ can put up all the points he wants. But, yeah, but I mean, what about everybody? Yeah, everybody else has to play their. And point. I mean, you look at over the last ten games, they're five and five. The two ahead of them in the Western Conference, the Nuggets and the Grizzlies, are eight and two over that same span. I mean, you've got to keep pace yeah. and hope for the best. Yeah, you just. But but New Orleans again, it goes back to these teams that need just an extra player. Exactly, like, I... <laughs> you're a player away from being a great basketball. Like you're already a playoff team. You're already on a top end of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But but. From being a great basketball team, there's several I, that are just one player away. I, I think New Orleans should have kept Lonzo Ball because yeah. that that's your that's your other that's a key player right there. Yeah. You know, uh, Lonzo Ball is a good uh, facilitator. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why the Lakers uh, drafted him. Yeah, you know, originally. At, yeah, because he's a great his uh, court presence and he um, is a great facilitator. He, mm-hmm. But. You get rid of him, and now that's what you're 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 missing. You know, you have got a guy that can can shoot, and also uh, pause right here. What happened with to Brandon Ingram? Where is he? He's on that team. Yeah, but he it's it's quiet around him it, right it now. It really is, and that was a guy who's been a star. Yeah, well, you know, and, in the past, especially especially last season. Yeah, so I just, just it's got been kind of quiet around him lately, but. Yeah, like uh, not Lakers. Um, the Pelicans don't get if they don't get rid of Lonzo Ball, you have a better chance at staying in games, uh, even when uh, Zion Williamson or Williams, what is it, Williamson or Williams? Uh, Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson. Um, I always say Williams. I don't know why. Yeah, Ingram didn't play last night. He's injured, of course. Oh, uh, okay, okay, that's why. But I'm saying overall, though, it's been quiet on him this season, even yeah. before the injury. Right. Uh, he's missed 22 games, of course, so that's tw- his 23rd straight. Yeah. Uh, before that, though, he had been averaging 20.8 points. Yeah, so... Yeah, I knew he'd been injured. I just couldn't remember kind of what the whole story behind that. But, but Ingram, I mean, that is another key piece that you're missing. Right. Uh, but you still get the sense because he is injury prone. That that's the one thing about Brandon Ingram in the past has been these injuries. Mm-hmm. And and I think that if you're New Orleans, you look around, two of your better players 
are injury prone guys, and yep. so how yep. you you, de- you don't want to get rid of them. You want to continue to play, but you've got to construct your team in a way to to kind of fill in the gaps when they're not always going to be on the court, right? Which is interesting. But, yeah, it is. Um, but I mean, they they are literally to do what they've done thus far without him. Uh, is is good. I mean, yeah, they, I mean five and, they, and they, five. You you've stayed five hundred. Yeah. You you you're working with what you have, and you're doing a good job with it. Uh, the, but like I said, these next two weeks or so, we're gonna kind of see their true identity. Now, if they can continue to put up points and they continue to uh, playing defense, is gonna be a uh, a big one of the another you know big key for them. If you can't stop a team from scoring. Then I mean you're you're looking at possibly losing another two out two out of the uh, say in two weeks that's probably like what six games yeah you're looking at maybe losing half of half of those games yeah I mean if you continue going you know five hundred over that span yeah. of time and you look I mean Dallas has some big games coming up there right behind you in the standings yeah and you're still chasing that that's the problem you've got some some of those lower end teams are starting to kind of come up. On you, yeah. and then you're still chasing the top two in Denver and the Grizzlies. Yeah, because hey, Memphis isn't going anywhere. I mean, like that's a shock to me. I thought, oh well, they'll regress, and they haven't. Yeah, uh, that oh, Memphis. That's a shock for me. I, I didn't expect Memphis to be that that good this year. But yeah, like they kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, but I do say, man, John Morant's another one. So you have to give him his due diligence. Uh, he is. One of the best hoopers in the game right now, man. But but I think we forget about him because he plays in Memphis. That's like we, the we, only. That's he's the only one thing. of those players that if he was in you know the wet on the West Coast or if he's on the East Coast, we hear all about yeah. him. But he's stuck in Tennessee. Like we even forget that Tennessee has a basketball team sometimes. Yeah, and because, <laughs> I mean prior to this season, of course. right? Um, but you know, yeah, you're right. It's because he's in Memphis. I mean, if he was on. Even the Kings, uh, Sacramento Kings, he'd probably get a lot more uh, shine than you know the Grizzlies. But I don't know, man. Another one, another one. Uh, just to mention here, just a little bit for a while is uh, I don't know if you remember uh, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, came out of Kentucky. Um, that plays with the Kings, uh, Sacramento. They uh. Played the Lakers a couple of nights ago. The Lakers beat him. And one of the things that shocked me about him is, you know, I expected him to be a lot more better and bigger of a bigger star uh, than he is because, you know, he was the number one draft pick overall when he yeah. came out. Uh, and I can't remember who he came out with. Was it Carl Anthony uh, Towns? Towns I, I believe he was in that draft class. Yeah. Because I think he was the number one pick, and then it was Carl Anthony Towns. And you, I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, and I expected him when he came out of college, when he got drafted, I was like, this guy's going to be, he's going to dominate, you know. But you haven't heard much from him. Now, when the other night when I watched the, the game when they played the Lakers, the, he did uh, he did have, you know, some big moments in he was one of the key players in that game that got them close enough to nearly beating L.A., but they pulled L.A., you know, of course, pulled it out and um, found a win. But 
according to if he you know if he doesn't I guess pick it up some more this season you know he may be on the on the trade block. Yeah. Speaking of, you mentioned Kentucky, and we uh, we're we're getting into the college basketball side because we've been you know caught up in college football and people are now starting to kind of shift their attention yeah. to the basketball side. That's a mess <laughs> because Kentucky is a contender. I mean, yes. real contender, and now John Calipari is suddenly, even though he's got a lifetime contract, there's some push that maybe it's time for him to go. And his name's being floated around for the UT job after they, you know, got rid of head coach Chris Beard uh, a couple weeks ago following his domestic violence situation. But, uh, I mean... That's another case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean, that that's just shocking to me. It is. I mean, I can't agree. I mean, I agree. I can't disagree because, like you said, Kentucky is that... They're that team that you always have to watch out for, uh, and, and um, but it, it is shocking. And you said, what kind of contract does he have? Lifetime. He signed a lifetime contract. I, I think that, but there are some buyout like yeah. But, but it was considered a lifetime so contract. I, I think that's the the issue is a contract like that is not good because things go stale. And that's the big question, is has he lost, you know, the ability to get them to listen? Everybody knows he's a great basketball coach. Yeah. Good guy. I mean, one of the, one of the best. But but there's a sense kind of within Kentucky um, that, hey, maybe yeah. they're not listening. That, that, sometimes if that's the case, man, sometimes you just need a fresh start somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the problem. When you grant these coaches those type of contracts, you know, you have to keep in mind that this could go stale at any moment, mm-hmm. you know, or sour. Because, I mean, you get you, you get so caught up in a routine. Yeah. And you might not get any new guys in. It may be the same. You may be dealing with the same guys for four years straight, four or five years straight, depending on eligibility terms. But Well, and then, you know, he... He was famous for the one and done. Yeah. Like he, he had so many of those players, one and done, one and done, one and done, and then he hasn't really had that over the last couple of years, and it it's just kind of raised that question, can you coach people who aren't more than one and done? Right. And if he can't do that, then... Not, not to not discredit that, him yeah, as a not, coach. I yeah. think he goes somewhere else and, well, and wins. Maybe he turns the ship around in Kentucky, but Kentucky's a place that expects to win in basketball. Yeah, because they're a big basketball town. Yeah, um, they're known for it. Matter of fact, that's sorry, that's, Mark Stoops. Yeah, that's their uh, that's their identity over there, man. But <laughs> like you, you broke Bear Bryant's football record, but nobody cares. Yeah, you, you have to uh, you have to take into consideration you know, if that's what ha- what's going on and has happened. And there, things have gone stale. You know, maybe you, you need a fresh win. You know, and if that means you know going some other place, then if that's what it takes. But that's a big job. So. That job comes open. That's going to be a big. It deal. is. So we'll we'll just have to keep an eye on that. But yeah. I, I but was... okay. If that happens, here's another thing. If that happens, it comes open, and they bring another coach in. Will he be able to have the same effect on the game? Uh than just the players. Because the thing with him over there in Kentucky, his effect on the game, as well as the players, but more so the game, is the big part of it, you know? 
So if if another coach comes in, can they affect the game if the, in the same caliber or greater than he did? I, I think it all comes down to who's going to be interested, who's going to be available. And I mean, money's not going to be the issue, right? I, I think it's just going to be a matter of you know who who would look at that job and go. I want to be the guy that follows John Calipari. You know, oh. even though he he may not leave on his quote unquote own terms, you're still following up a guy who made a difference not only in Kentucky but in college basketball yeah. as a whole. Well, college basketball without Kentucky is just like college football without Alabama to me, because they've all they've been those uh, them and Duke, yeah, Duke they, yeah, them and Duke. Yeah. in the last decade. You yeah, know, so. so I've always followed uh, Kentucky and kind of looked to them as the pinnacle of college basketball. But here lately, they haven't been that team. It's been other ones. Uh, Duke's been in and out of it. But uh, for me, it's you know looking to Kentucky as that go-to team. And so it would be great well, to see them back in. You're the, a UT you know, guy, though. Would you not be thrilled? Oh yeah, most. I mean, if he could. But see, that's the thing. If he can go into UT and still be that. Uh, game changer and have a great, a big effect on the game, then that's great. But okay, let just a hypoth- again because we live in a hypothetical world. Does that change the identity of UT all of a sudden? If he was to come in, if he comes in and Sark stays at Texas, they go to the SEC, get skunked. Then what? Then. Mm, that's a good question because I mean at UT it's always been somewhat of a balance. You know they have a, they have a uh, pretty good or decent baseball team. They've had they have a uh, yeah they they've had some great base uh, this past season had yeah. a great year. And so um, you have a your football team and you have your basketball team. Basketball has always been uh, kind of steady, especially their girls team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they've had some great girls yeah. teams. And so I say I say uh, it'll be balanced. Now, if he comes in and he you know can lead them to you know through March Madness into a championship game, or just get them in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, oh, that yeah, would get be... them in the tournament. Yeah, that would be. Now that would be like okay, wow. Now Texas is coming. You know they're making a comeback because mm-hmm. if you if you look back um, when KD was there, you know. They were a big time team then. Yeah, uh, but that was. The, but their football team was good at that time too. Yeah. So, like I said, with UT, it's always been a balance of uh, between the, between the sports. Uh, I don't think any well, any which one has really overtaken the other or overpowered but, the other. But I'm just saying, when traditionally you think of UT, you think of football. football. Yeah. But now that narrative may change, especially. If they go back to no, if okay now okay so if they get him then yeah I think so this this is football right yeah and this is basketball they get him they're boom right there exactly because that's what I'm saying. you get back to the tournament yeah and now all of a sudden the it, it, the narrative changes and if Sark can't get that going I mean yeah. I, I just and, think in the SEC being, and you've got a big name here's the here's the thing Texas football yeah. Has never had to compete with a big name coach in basketball, right? Now you have in baseball, you know, with with Augie. I mean that that was your guy, yeah. you know, for all of these years. But 
outside of Olga Garrido, you didn't have another big name to really compete with, and you had Mac Brown, you've had you know all these coaches through the years. Yeah. But now suddenly you've got John Calipari. I mean, that is a he gets national attention constantly. Right. And it's not just because he's at Kentucky, it's because of who he is. Right. Now and that could help uh Texas because then you're looking at okay, better recruitment, uh better players, bigger bigger name players, bigger yeah. star players. So yeah, I, I see that, you know, bumping off uh le- up bumping up level to level, you know, with, with the football program. I just uh, saw that yesterday, and I thought that that was interesting. Yeah, especially going into uh, the SEC, you want some kind of big uh, name or recognition to your to your uh, athletic program. I still think it's kind of crazy that that's going to happen um, because there's, we, we, there's never been an SEC team in Texas other than Texas and well, Texas and them is the only one. But the te- hey, put some respect on that. The Texas A and M. Okay. Texas A&M. Uh, <laughs> hey, don't get Jimbo mad. Look at, his, look at his pads. <laughs> Jimbo. Jimbo. I can't man, let that go, man. Yeah, Jimbo kind of, he's going to be famous for that. Yeah. Yeah. The the uh, infamous, rather. He's going to be yeah. infamous for it because it didn't take all that. You, you blew it out of proportion with all that. He was darn near in tears. Yeah, that ain't called for, man. <laughs> Just say that's not true and move on. Yeah. <laughs> he started wanting to get personal. It's like... But it is fast. Man, like, is it... If it's true... That's what made it so bad is it's like... If it ain't true, why are you up here in your feelings, you know? <laughs> like, get ready to cry. Yeah. You grown man. What's wrong with you? Speaking of college, college football, Jim Harbaugh is going to be in the news for a while. One way or another, Jim Harbaugh is going to be in the news. Jim Harbaugh is going to be a part of this show for a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm kind of already getting tired of it. Like, I wish they just like if he if he's going to go to the NFL, go ahead and go. Well, Let the okay, speculations follow him. Well, but here's okay. So here's the thing. So it was reported yesterday. Uh huh. Um, let's see here by Pete Thamel of ESPN. He says Michigan is unlikely to issue a new contract until there's some clarity in the current NCAA case, according to sources. Oh, so. You know, there was, uh, let's see, Jeremy Fowler now has reported, though, that he is going to be the lead candidate in Denver, supposedly, if Sean Payton says no. Now, what they changed that, they haven't interviewed Dan Quinn a second time yet. You know, they interviewed him last year. They haven't interviewed him this year yet, so that could change. They have to wait until after the playoff game Monday uh, before they can do that. So that could change the balance. But as it stands right now, it would appear that he's going to be the guy, the leading guy, uh, barring, you know, a, a deal there with Sean Payton. But having said that, it's interesting to me because, you know, there was kind of this question last year about, okay, did he, because after the COVID year, right, they missed the playoffs, it's a disaster, he gets, you know, the, the, the whole deal. So he took a huge pay cut. Mm-hmm. He gave them back a bunch of money and then signed a deal that was very incentive-based. You know, you had to be, uh, you know, so many games above 500, you had to beat Ohio State. It, it was all incentive-based. He did all that, comes back, dominates again, makes the, the playoffs two years in a row, all those things. So there was kind of this question about, 
okay, is this another leverage move? Kind of like he did last year where he, he was able to get some more money out of him. Is he going to do that again? But this seems to negate that. That Listen, Michigan's saying, we're not going to yeah. do anything until we find out what the the repercussions of this investigation Yeah, and that kind of halts everything for him. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't get in the NFL, if you don't become a coach in the NFL, then you probably won't be a coach in college if they don't renew your contract. Right. Well, he's got a contract. He's got, he's got a, but they're not going to extend him. They're not going to give yeah. him a new deal. Well, and he, <laughs> we're talking about Jim Harbaugh. And hearing something like this, you hate to hear it, you know. But I, I just I I do want to find out and know you know what really happened because I want to know to what degree, uh, how bad this is, you know. If it's if it's something that simple that should have never been, you know. I, I go back to what I said about this when when it first came out that there was a, a, a recruiting violation investigation or whatever. How? Yeah. With these, I mean, uh, like with these new rules, how are we going to say anything is off yeah, the table? But that's what I mean is to what degree? Because if that's why I say that, because it seems as if if that's the case, it seems that the NCAA is what I said yesterday. They're in turmoil all the way around. I mean, they're they're picking and choosing yes, what they want to get involved, and in. and it's really starting to uh, leak into different programs, and it's causing some trouble. It's causing friction. Unnecessary friction. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have stipulations and guidelines and limits on the coaches and the recruit, you know, their recruitment. Yeah. But as far as the board and everybody else being able to recruit and say, we want to pay you this much for the players, that's, you know, there's no guidelines right there. We've seen guys that. You know, that have, for instance, Quinn Ewers leave high school because they were told that they were getting paid a certain amount yeah. of money and they don't play. Where's that money? And so there has to be guidelines for everybody. If you're going to do it for the coaches or do it to the coaches, do it to everybody, you know. But they have to, the NCAA, they, they have to fix this NIL deal stuff. I mean, it's it, it it's backfiring in their face. It's not... Is is not what they thought it would be, mm-hmm. and they have to fix. It's up to them to fix it, not the coaches, it's or the board or anybody else. It it's really up to them to get together and say, okay, we have to rethink this and restructure this. If they don't, college football is going to be in shambles, and you're not you're going to have a bunch of players sitting in the transfer portal not playing or going anywhere because they can't. They're deadlocked, and they're, and mm-hmm. that's what's happening right now. Transfer portal is full. Speaking of the transfer portal, NCAA is starting to put some rules on this. So they, the NCAA council voted to limit eligibility for second-time transfers to curb ballooning portal usage. Mm. Uh, this is per CBS Sports, Sheehan J.R. Raja. If you're that person, I'm sorry, but I'm trying my best to give you credit here. Okay. Uh, they voted yesterday to limit waivers for second-time transfers. Now, undergraduate players who transfer will have specific guidelines they must meet in order to be eligible for immediate playing time starting with the 2023-2024 season or risk sitting out a year in between transfers. 
First, a player can receive immediate eligibility if they have a physical injury or mental health condition that pushes them to transfer from a school. Additionally, uh, the NCAA will consider exigent circumstances that could force a player to leave an institution like a sexual assault or abuse. No other factors will be considered, including academic considerations or playing time. Uh, this is an attempt to rein in the number of players uh, using the portal, which has exploded since it launched, of course, four years ago. Nearly 2,000 in FBS alone are in the portal in uh, the first transfer window following the 2022 regular season. At least 120 quarterbacks have entered, Ooh, including wow. a handful that were expected during the draft and opted for new starts at uh, different colleges. Of course, JT Daniels is the biggest name. Uh, he is at his fourth college after leaving West Virginia. He played at USC from 2018 to 2019, uh, Georgia from 2020. To 2021, and then of course started at West Virginia this past year. But he's back in the transfer portal. What is he doing? I, I it's all money, like it's all play, you know, playing time, and that, that's why they're saying that with these new rules, you hear that the first time it's okay, the second time you've got to have a reason. Like it can't just be playing time or academics. It's got to be. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, extenuating circumstances. Yeah, academics seems to be, or should be rather, the you now the bigger part of it. Well, I, I but the reason they're not considering it. Okay, so here's why, and, and we've talked about this with trying to help kids. You know, getting a cop. So certain colleges take certain credits, right? Right. So what they're trying to to avoid is if you're failing here, and so therefore you're not eligible to play. But at this college, based off of their Grading system, you would be eligible to play. We're not yeah. going to let you transfer. That's what that's okay. kind of basing that, it off of. So I, I, you have to think about it. Is that's what's happening over in Colorado with some of the guys that were supposed to come with Dion? Yep. Because I mentioned that. Remember? I, yeah. I, I said because that's how it works in college. Some some credits don't transfer over. And you may be failing a class. And if you're failing, it's harder to transfer if you're failing. But then some colleges will accept that. Yeah, because then you're passing if you go to... But I'll tell you who this is going to hurt more than anybody. is Dion. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> they, they're basically the, turning yeah. off the... Fa- they, they looked at him and said, okay, this is a clown show. Let's hit the faucet. But this is... Okay, you can you'll stop it there. You'll, you'll kind of put a halt to it there. And that's where I say Dion, if he wants to be successful, he has to be smarter with... He's got to actually recruit. Yeah. Like, he you can't, can't get... You can't go to the transfer portal and, you know, pick and choose players. Now, now I think it'll still be used, but I think we're going to... Because of this now, we're going to definitely see fewer guys yeah. go in that second time. Yeah, but go out and recruit, man. You know, get you, get you a recruiting team together and go out and recruit. Um, you don't see that a lot anymore, man. No. You know who this helps? Nick Saban? Nick Saban in Alabama. Yeah. Because now it comes down to, I've got rings and they don't come to my college. Yeah. It, <laughs> I'm telling but, you. okay. We're, we're, we're going to start seeing a shift back to the way it used to be. Yeah, but. Thank it's, goodness. It's, I'm tired it's, of this. It's like when you had uh, a couple of months ago. Came out that uh, a handful of players from Alabama had entered the transfer portal, and everybody, oh, oh they're, they're going to college. Now, some of them, some of them, some of them did go to Colorado, uh, 
but it wasn't that many. It was maybe maybe a handful, if that. But the deal with that wasn't that they were entering the transfer portal to go there. It was because they were looking for places where they get more playing time. They knew yeah. they weren't going to start over a uh, a guy that's been there two years, mm-hmm. and then you already got to recruit it. You already recruited over by three other guys, you yeah. know? And so, but these, the, the interesting part about that is, you know, these are still four-star, five-star athletes that mm-hmm. made the team on Alabama. Right. They just weren't starting. Yeah. And so, for them to go somewhere else, they could uh, very much, you know, have a bigger opportunity, a greater impact for them to play and then, you know, end of the draft, get drafted, go on into the NFL, do whatever they're going to do. And I think this is that's the other side of it, too. This is going to help the NFL in the sense of, you know, a lot of guys here that second time that were expected to go to the NFL but yeah. said, hey, I want to keep building my resume. Well, you might not have that, so you're going to go ahead and opt, yeah. you know, to go to the NFL. I think that's going to help them, too. Right. But it's – for them to step up in that way, the NCAA – for them to do that in that way, it, that's all I'm asking but, but for. But why is, is the NCAA suddenly busy? Like, now we're going to pop Michigan for the, all these supposed yeah. infractions. Now we're going to start putting a limit on the transfer report. What, I, the, the next shoe to drop has got to be this NIL stuff. Like, yeah. at some point. I, I don't expect the NIL, to, them to start working on that until they get this moved out with, uh, with Jim Harbaugh and then... Um, I don't expect that to happen until spring football well, well, going think, into the summer. I think when they you know, explain what the infraction was, yeah. that may start setting a boundary of here's the things you still can't do. Yeah. You know, we, we don't care how much money's being thrown out. Here's some things that you still well, can't yeah, do. But if they had just done that from the beginning. It's a different conversation. Yes, and yeah. they didn't. So that's what had everybody up in arms is that Okay, what's the limitation? You know, what's the guidelines of this? What's the rule book? And they didn't set that. They didn't say anything about that. They just, this is what we're going to do, NIL deal, and this, this is what's going to happen. Nobody ever asked questions about, okay, well, how does this really work? You know? Yeah. And so everybody's was just kind of going off of, you know, what they were, I guess, you know, Guessing, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. just, it's a, it's a guesstimated guess. And so when that happens is you have stuff like what happens with what's going on with Jim Harbaugh. Well, I don't know what, I thought it was cool. Yeah. You know, you never told us that we couldn't. Um, but then you have, it's, it's a double standard somewhere. There is. And, and that's, to, I think that's where that NCAA's got to step up and do something. Yeah. You know, and, and then on top of that, start thinking about like just this rule alone, the transfer point. The, the coaches now that are going to be affected by this, I mean, that have just been yanking players yeah. left and right, you know, out of the portal. If you start putting limitations on NIL, you start putting limitations on the transfer portal, look at the coaches that are suddenly affected. And how does that affect Colorado's decision to bring in a Deion Sanders? How does that affect... You know, Nick Saban's decision about how much longer he's going to stay at Alabama. Yeah. Uh, how does that affect Jimbo Fisher, you know, at Texas A&M? I, I, <laughs> I mean, like, there's it's some really, major names that yeah, will be affected by But this. it's really, it's really a, a sad case right now because, like I said, it's Jim Harbaugh. This shouldn't be happening to Jim Harbaugh. 
you you have to look at it. The timing of this too is horrible. Well, that's what got me is now. Okay, why is this being leaked? Just as he's starting to put it out there that hey, I'm I'm gonna explore my options in the NFL. Is this or or did that come about because he knew okay, this is about to break, so I'm gonna yeah. go ahead and start so, making phone calls. That's what I want to yeah, know, and we're I, gonna learn more about right, this you know, as right. it kind of comes. I out. believe that's what happened. He knew about this case prior to everything, and so I think his decision about the NFL was made last year. But the push for it happened because, okay, I know this is this case is about to come out. It's going to come out soon. So I'm going to make a bigger push to to go back to the NFL, to get back in there. Well, because it may very well be that not only would he have to sit out some games, maybe pay a fine, but, it, you know, we still don't know. They, they may rescind some scholarships. And he yeah. may be looking at that going, okay, yes, I beat Ohio State. I dominate them from this yeah. point forward. You know, I kind of own them now. But this is two years in a row that I've fallen short in the playoffs. I I can get there, but I don't yeah. know if I can, you know, yeah. get on top well, of the, the, the problem with the problem that probably could arise is that when you get when when you get to the point where players start worrying more about the money than they are about playing, yeah, and then coaches start complaining about the NIL, I, that may be what it takes because nobody's coming there to play anymore. They're coming there only because they were told that they were going to get receive X amount of money. So they're looking forward to that. They're and, not looking forward to playing. Right. So the, the argument for years has been, well, you know, you watch college sports because they're still playing for the love of the game. You watch the pros because they're doing things nobody else can do, but you know that they're there for the money. And and so last week uh, when we were preparing for a show, or it may have been earlier this week uh, when Jerry, you know, came out and kind of, Drop Deion Sanders' name for no reason about yeah, it was early, could, yeah earlier it was early this week, week yeah and you know he Jerry comes out drops Deion's name as a potential NFL candidate which I don't know it's just Jerry talking I don't know what the deal yeah. is but you know uh, apparently Deion's response to that was I don't want to coach a bunch of rich men well that's what you're doing so well, that, that's where it's that's going where college football is yeah. headed but th- that's why man you you ruin the effect. You could possibly ruin the effect of football because you get a bunch of guys. If you get a bunch of guys out there who aren't looking to play, they're just looking to get paid. Um, production's going to go down. How they produce on the field is going to go down, and it's going to affect the guys who are really good high school athletes who can play at the college level. Yeah. May not be great, right? May not be you know NFL material, but they can still play at that level. Yeah, but, but you're gonna be, see less and less of that because all these other guys are getting paid. Yeah, they're getting the deals. But see, that's why you know it was brought up. Okay, if you're gonna do that, then you have to implicate some kind of draft, which is what may he rest in peace, Mike Leach. You know, offered up a couple years ago. Yeah, if you're gonna do that, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to you know make some kind of draft because it's not fair to those type of players that you just explained that. These other guys, these, you know, these other top recruits, okay, they're getting paid. Okay, well, what? why are they getting paid, you know? I, want, I can play just as good. Right. I might not be a four-star, five-star, but I'm a good three-star. Yeah, I'm going to get the job done. Yeah. I'm going to help you win a football well, With game. just as much passion, if not more, but you're saying they're worthy of getting paid, but I'm not. Yeah. That's... But if if this continues, that's what you're going to have. That's what they're, you're going to have to do. You're going to have to implicate some kind of draft, uh, because you 
they're going to get paid millions. I at least want to get paid at least a hundred grand or something. Yeah. You know, I want a piece of that pie. Right. So I think that the developments with the NIL, the transfer portal, it's going to change college football and maybe for the better. Like if we start reining this in, I think it goes back to the way college football ought to be. You know, we're going to go into that 12 team playoff uh, after this, after the 2023, 2024 postseason. And then, uh, see where that goes. You're going to have teams moving after this season. USC, UCLA moved to the Big Ten. Texas, Oklahoma going to the SEC. So a lot of changes in college football coming up, and I think it's going to be you know, worth watching. I, right. I think it's going to cause some good conversation. And, hey, we liked it because it gives us content to talk about on the show. Yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, – it's going to shift some things in the college football world. I think when uh, those four teams you know, switch over, uh, especially for Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC – I don't think it'll be as big as a move for USC and UCLA when they go over to uh, the Big Ten. I don't think it'll be... Other than the fact that that shake... And, and I've pointed this out, that that, in my opinion, is one of the reasons that Harbaugh's looking around going, hey, I may only have one more year as King of the Hill over here. Yeah. And after that, i got to play those guys? Like, I, I don't know if I want to. Right. You, know? you, get a, you get a more even match, rather. You're not just looking to play uh, Ohio, Ohio State, State yeah. as it, yeah, you got to so, about those other cats. Yeah. <laughs> Ohio State, then you got USC, UCLA, with just as good as good uh, good as athletes and, and different offensive philosophy suddenly entering into the big team. Yeah, you know, it's so all about running no more. Now you got some guys who was airing it out. <laughs> you got to stop them. Some air. I mean, Mike Leach, uh, yeah. students there air raid offenses. Yeah, I mean, but you know. Um, it, 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 like you said, it's going to be interesting. I think it'll be pretty cool, man. Um, I think Texas, and like we said from the beginning, it's all about the money. It is, and yeah. I, I think Texas will draw a lot, a, a, a bigger crowd once they go into the SEC because uh, you're looking at, okay, they went there because they want to chase A&M. That's fine. Uh, that's going to draw a bigger crowd and a bigger following uh, and Oklahoma. than Oklahoma because they follow Texas. So, you're looking at more recruits. You're looking at uh, more a, a, a bigger fan base, possibly, um, and the ticket sales as well. So, but speaking of Texas, this transfer portal, you know, once we're okay with it, twice you're gonna have to really prove to us why. Yeah, I think that affects Arch Manning because he may be looking at that. Okay, if I go to Texas, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If I decide I don't want to be there, I got one shot to get this right. Yeah. Well, Arch Manning is, he's, the, he's the, the topic of conversation. He's right there at the top right now because, as we talked about before, and you've mentioned that, you know, he may go there, but will he stay? Mm-hmm. Um, I and, and that's, I think that'll be a conversation until, you know, you can figure out what happens with Quinn Ewers. I see him and but Quinn see, Ewers going head to head. So Quinn Ewers, though would be ineligible by this rule. Because yeah. he's already transferred once. Yeah. He would get popped yeah. and say, you're out. So, you, But I, I, I see those two going head-to-head. But it just depends on... How's that how, working out for you leaving South Lake Carroll, huh? Yeah. I think he stays at South Lake Carroll. Carroll he, he, he doesn't 
it's Ohio, a different conversation. Yeah. Ohio State doesn't happen because he looks around and they go, hey, we got C.J. Stroud, we got this guy, we got this guy. He says, okay, maybe he winds up at Texas earlier, and then it's a different conversation with Archman. I mean, yeah. it, 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 how this is I going wonder, to affect these guys, especially the quarterbacks, yeah. is incredible to me. I wonder why he never considered Texas A&M. Because Texas A&M was sold on hands, King. From what I from what I've been told, Jimbo had been talking to Coach King for a while about wanting to bring in Haynes King ever since, you know, that playoff run where they went to state and all that. And, uh, you know, he had been watching him prior yeah. to that. And then that kind of put the icing on the cake that, hey, he's going to Texas A&M. <clears throat> well, looking back at it now, you know, hindsight, you know, you, you probably would have darted your eyes uh, a little bit more westward. Uh, <laughs> But um, but at the time, you also have to think at the time, Steve Sarkeesian was out in Texas. It was it was Chris, two, Her- you know, it two. was Herman, Tom Herman, and so you're looking, going, okay, do I can he develop me as a quarterback? Jimbo Fisher was an offensive minded guy, so he's thinking, okay, here's a guy who's going to develop me at quarterback. I, and I think that's what Arch Manning is looking for, and that's what I said before. It's more about a, his. Uh, developmental progress rather than, you know, uh, am I going to get playing time? Is I think the playing time will, will come, but I, I, I believe that... But if that, Steve Sarkeesian has another season like he did this year where he kind of falls off, you can't imagine that UT's going to keep him. Okay, well, that's something to talk about. And to, I mean, but... I, I, I just think that all of this think, plays a part in this transfer thing because yeah. it makes it very interesting about coaches and... You know, all all of these issues that are I think will come up because now suddenly these guys can't just dart whenever they want to. Right. And they have to After that first move, yeah. you're locked in. Well <laughs> they have to consider this. Quinn Ewers, like you said, he's locked in. He's at Texas. Maybe he decides to enter the draft early and, and make that makes room for Arch, you know, to Come on up. But he's a backup at best right now in the NFL. Quinn Ewers? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, oh, yeah. yeah, he definitely would be graded as a guy who, you know, would have to sit there for a year, maybe two, you know, get developed. Well, see, that's the thing with these tech, these uh, Big 12 quarterbacks. Most of them are backups, you know. Until, yeah, but, outside of Patrick. Well, Patrick Olmstrad is a backup to Alex Smith. Uh, then you look at... Uh, Kyler Murray Kyler came in and started. Yeah, he started, but he started because of Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, that's what that was about. But I mean, you you look at it. That's the Colt that, McCoy's a backup. Yeah, that, that's uh, that RG three. I mean, that was you go case. down. Yeah, the list. RG three was a start until he blew out his knees. But uh, other than that, yeah, he was a backup. But RG three was a start because he had to. Like he went to Washington and they really didn't have a choice. Well, okay, well, yeah. When you look at that, that was a bad decision. Um, but you <laughs> you have to look at, you know, with Quinn Ewers, he's a good quarterback. But, yeah, you're right. As as of right now, yeah, he at best second-string quarterback. A good second-string quarterback if he was to enter the draft early. So we'll see. But I, I just thought that was really interesting. That came up last night that they had passed that. Yeah. I think, I definitely I think Texas in the SEC will help his case just a little bit. If he performs well. Yeah. If, yeah, yeah. yeah if he I mean, that's the bottom line, too. they got to win. Yeah. 
Maybe that's why you got Arch Manning. I would know my breath that he's staying. I think it just depends. I I, I think, and I my, think my this, thing is if he I hasn't think changed, this rule really changes. Yeah, that. My my thing is if he hasn't changed his mind by now, it's not changing. Well, if it, I think it does if they get rid of Sarkeesian, and I think that they well, yeah, do. well, okay. if Sarkeesian, has, I'm telling, you, if Sarkeesian has another year like he did this year, I, I I can't imagine a scenario where he gets this. The only thing that saved him this season, even, is that he almost beat yeah, Alabama. Alabama. If that game is not close, okay, I think but, it's a whole different conversation. So I said this a couple of days ago, is that game kind of... Set the tone set for the both tone. schools. Yeah, it did. Because it set the tone for Alabama as in a sense that, okay, they're not as good this year as they've been in the past. Um, for Texas, it not really the team, but the coaching staff. They're a good coaching staff. Sarkeesian can coach. Yeah. And that set the tone for his career for that season. And not really the team, because the team looked good, but then you see you seen the team fall. Like it was a s it was a constant decline mm-hmm. after that game. Um they had a few they had a few good games afterwards, but it was a decline. And so steep. Yeah, and so you, you look That's at right. that and say, Okay, well what the heck was all that game? And it was hype. It was hype. And it was Sarkeesian wanting to prove to Nick Saban that hey, I learned from you. I you yeah. know I, I want your respect. He but, said that that he just wanted Coach Saban's respect, and he got it. He earned it. But you remember, uh, because I know we're going to go into uh, this here next. But you remember when we were uh, talking about the Pittsburgh and Mount Pleasant game, right? And we seen the decline of both teams throughout the season, right? And so. That game was hyped up. It was a bunch yeah. of hype, that game. And then throughout the season, we seen that that was the best game that Mount Pleasant played all season. And then, well, they did beat Matt Nacogdoches, but Nacogdoches was bad. That, that was a bad football yeah. thing. Uh, but then we seen that Pittsburgh, that set the tone for the rest of their season. Yeah. They went on, the, on, on a decline. So... When you hype games up like that throughout the week, and it's constantly talked about, and it's all hyped up, the players are fired up, coaching staff is fired up, and you put all that energy into that one game. Well, remember I said that, going yeah. to, you know that that at some point you have to think we got a game the next week, right? You put you put everything into that game, and it's only like that was like the second game of the season, yeah. And you forgot you had to go, uh, <laughs> you had to go. Um, play so and so in the next next week or uh when they met up with um Texas Tech, you yeah. know, and got and they lost. You know, it could they should have beat Texas Tech. Right. But you you lost the teams that you should have beat. Like that doesn't what why that doesn't look right is how do you almost beat a, a Alabama to get blown out by you know <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. So that game was hyped. It was all hype, and then all the energy went into that one game. And after that game ended, the season was on a constant decline. Mm-hmm. But it, I still say that that's why Sark's still there. Uh, moving into the NFL, uh, we did get some clarity on some situations. Two is not playing, yeah. uh, and Skyler. Uh, let's see, Skyler Davis. Yes, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Thompson. Skyler Thompson 
is going to go ahead and start that game. Teddy Bridgewater was not able to go and practice uh, consistently enough either. That raises some questions about Tua Tagovailoa. As it should. I, that's why you, when it was brought up yesterday that I, Look, I just shook, by the way, I shook we, my head. But before we dig too far into that, by the way, Lamar Jackson also, after yesterday's practice, uh, it's been determined it's going to be an uphill battle if he's even going to play this week. So don't don't, don't look for him to start yeah. uh, that it's, playoff game either. It's it's Thursday. Well, they're supposed to play Saturday. Yes. Or, yeah, he ain't playing. I, I don't think so. And you got to play Cincinnati. I, I, yeah, I just no, don't see yeah, it happening. Not, he's not playing. But uh, then if you're you're the Dolphins, I mean, you're in the playoffs. But for what? I mean, you got to play the Bills again. Now you got to do it without Tua. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, you look I mean, at unless you made it back. Yeah. But yeah. but then you have to look at the long term thing here. It's not just about this weekend. The number one, can Tua Tonga get healthy? Ever again. Because we're talking about a concussion that he didn't get pulled out of this game either. No. They, he didn't get questioned about it until Mike McDaniels uh said that he was watching film on it and asked him. So I mean that's interesting. He was obviously dazed out there, uh, and l- looking at it, looking at that game. So Barry Jackson put this out there. He says Tua had memory issues and inability to recall things after the Green Bay concussion, which we all remember. Yeah, doctors are taking this very seriously to the point that they told the coaching staff that they should not discuss any topics that could cause him stress such as when he might play again. McDaniels, in his press conference, had this to say. Uh, it specifically had to do after, uh, with film that led to probe Tonga Valoa about a potential head injury. It specifically had to do with consistencies of things that I study daily on tape, which provoked some direct questioning with a high degree of concern. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And here's here's the other thing. This is another quarterback that was supposed to be a, a game changer, not just for his franchise, but for football. We go back to Andrew Luck, who, I mean, coming off a career year and all that, and then walks away and says, okay, I'm done. Now, granted, we always knew Andrew Luck had interests outside. We're talking about a guy who was extremely intelligent. He always had interests outside of football. Yeah, but th- that this is not... To a, talking to about Loa, it, this is not him. This is not. This, this, he wants to play football. I know, and that and that's the. <laughs> but but we go back to: Are we gonna see that again? Where Tua says, or or Tua gets told, "Listen, he." I, I believe. I believe he's gonna have to be be told, because if he insists on going back out there and playing after the fact, he's gonna have somebody is really gonna have to seriously tell him. They're there maybe force him. To stop playing. Yeah. And I can tell you what the answer should be as far as him continuing to play. But I can't tell you what it's not. I mean, what it's not going to be. The answer should be is no, he should not play ever again. Yeah. But the but the up, on the upside is, on the other side is, he's going to be back out there. Not this season, next season. 
And that's the sad case because then you have a fresh start. That's more hits, man. But but the pr- okay. So here's the other kind of wrench in the the machine here. It it you get the sense that there's some news floating around that maybe the Dolphins are looking at this saying, okay, he may get told that he can't play. And here's why. It was reported yesterday by Mike Florio that. Tom Brady to Miami is definitely on the table if he wants to keep playing in 2023. I can't imagine that this is even a conversation still. Because if you recall, it was supposed to be Tom Brady to to Miami this season along with Sean Payton. That whole deal got nixed because of tampering. You know, they punished the Dolphins owner, all that. Yeah. But apparently that's still a conversation. And and who leaked this? That's the question. And if that's the case. Heck yeah, man. I, I, you I, can't imagine that Tom Brady's floating yeah. that out there. If he doesn't already know, yeah. that's a good chance. And you can't imagine that Miami wouldn't float that idea if they didn't think... That Tua was going to be playing. Yeah. And you look at it, you anybody would definitely take Tom Brady. You know, at, especially with given these circumstances. You don't want to put that kid or that man, he ain't a kid no more. But what are you getting? What Tom Brady are you... Because even though, yeah, they're, they, they're in the playoffs, See, that's why they may win yeah. a playoff game, but what are you getting? And now Rob Gronkowski is coming out and saying, well, never say never about playing again. Rob needs to sit down stop doing all that because you're not helping Tom Brady. Um, you're making it worse. Anyways, what the Tom Brady that you're going to get will be a good Tom Brady, but this is why I said earlier before the show is that uh, you have to build a good offensive line around him. You got to get a running game going. Yes. Because he's built off the RPO. Right. The, I'm going to stay in the pocket. You're going to have to change some of your philosophies if exactly. you're Mike McDaniels. But that's the question. So there seems to be a chemistry with McDaniels and Tua because they're both younger guys. They're both more into this wide open, air it out kind of philosophy. And then you also have to consider now, you have Tyreek. Is Tyreek going to be okay if... We're going to change the philosophy now. It's not going to be just... I think so, because people seem to forget sometimes with Tyreek uh, Hill is that he's a phenomenal phenomenal route runner. True. He can run routes, but his identity has, has in these last uh, eight years, have been throw it out there, him run, 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 get past the corner, just throw it out there, he'll catch it. Mm-hmm. But you fail to to realize this man can run routes. I mean, he can beat you across the middle on a slant, a jet sweep. He, I mean, he's just fast. Speed plays a huge factor in his game, but he also has has other skills. So, um, I just look at it as it won't change. It won't change much. I think getting Tom Brady will add to their offense. Add to their offensive philosophy, philosophy rather than take away from it because you also have Jalen Waddle. True, and so you have some good receivers. You have a good running game, but the key part of it is that you're going to have to build an offensive line. So you've got a good running game, but if you bring in time, you got to rely on it. Like you got to be this, able. At this point, I mean, Tom Brady can still sling it, but to rely on him to sling it. All game consistently, is consistently not, yeah, it ain't gonna. It's we not gonna we saw what happened when Bruce Arians first tried that. You know, and yeah. he, they started losing games, so they went back to what Tom Brady did. And you know, there's still that conversation uh, about Tom Brady, and you know, would he go back to New England? Now, 
It was reported by some players uh, within the New England organization. Hey, we still have Mac Jones is back. We want Mac Jones, you know, to be our quarterback moving forward. Belichick hasn't really said one way or the other what he's thinking that you know he's still got to answer about. Is he gonna actually go get an actual offensive coordinator? Is he gonna continue to split duties between Matt Patricia and Joe Judge? I mean, what's the the deal there? But I think that this suddenly throws kind of a cog in things that somebody is floating the idea that Tom would still like to go to Miami. And what is about Miami? That's what I haven't understood. There's some allure for Tom Brady in Miami. Because Tom, Tom, think about it. He went. He came from the north, went deep south. Yeah. He came way up in Massachusetts. He went deep south to Florida. Tom, Tom want to have fun in the sun. He, he, he done spent his days in the winter in the cold. But is he looking at that division going, that's it's a winnable, winnable. It's a winnable I mean? division. It's more of a winnable division than what he's in right now. Even though he won. Barely. I, I guess that's my question. <laughs> Does he really think, uh, is he looking at Miami and going, okay, if I don't get a ring this season with Tampa, I could go there, and I'm going to be the guy that pushes the... I'm going to be the one player, or maybe we bring in one more, but I'm going to be that guy that is the catalyst to get us to another championship. Well, That's what's interesting yeah. to me. Well, it's, it's kind of lopsided now in... Because, okay, if that's the case, you look at it... Him going to Miami, it's a lot more winnable than it is uh, him staying in the uh, NFC. Because he came from the AFC into the NFC. AFC, he dominated the AFC. Uh, the NFC is a lot tougher as far as... How that playoff deep, bracket. Yeah. But the AFC, you only have... We got three, Patrick Mahomes. You got Josh Allen and, and Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. I mean, do you really... At his age, does he really want to go sling it with those guys? I, I, he can. You're, he but, can stay up you, there, though. But think about this. You're He's, looking at the NFC... What great quarterbacks are in the NFC? There aren't any. You're right. You're so, right. So if you're Tom Brady, why would you interject yourself? You could continue to escape by in the NFC. Because you look at it, it's a tougher defense in the NFC than it is in the AFC. True. And so Tom Brady, being who Tom Brady is, he goes back to the uh, the AFC. Defenses aren't as tough. You have to compete more on the offensive level than you do on the defensive level. And so, if Tom Brady can compete with an offense like with with an offense like uh, Miami, he's up there. Then with the with the Chiefs, uh, Joe Burrow in uh, Cincinnati, but, but and Josh it, Allen. What is he? He'd be forty five years old. Yeah. So at forty five, Tom Brady's not outgunning Patrick Mahomes. No, Joe he's Burrow. not. But it's even not even happen. even look at how the Chiefs has changed their game game around. Their game is just how we're saying that the that Miami game is uh, should be. Balance it out. Chiefs have gotten to a point now where it's no longer because they don't have Tyreek Hill and all those Sammy Watkins and uh, uh, can't think of his name, but it was the other guy. I think it was Hardman. Uh, they don't have those cats that's going to fly out there anymore. Rather, you have uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. You have and. You have a good running back. You have bigger receivers. You've slowed your game down, and it's still working. 
And so with Tom Brady, yeah, if you're, he, you're running more two tight ends. Yeah. So if and... if you're with Tom with Tom Brady, he he can compete. He's the OG. He gets into those th- with those three guys. He's the OG. You know that's. And you still have to watch out for him. I think he flourishes more in Miami than he would. But I go back to what I'm saying. Why? What is like? What is Tom Brady getting out of it at this point? And that 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 would be (laughs) nobody's asking Tom that. I mean, I I know that you know the whole deal about him coming back was well, you know, I feel like I've got unfinished business. But if you lose again, and then let's say you go to the AFC and you can't outgun Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, uh, Josh Allen, those guys. Then what? I mean, at some point, Tom Brady is going to have to make the decision yeah. that I just can't play at that level anymore. You, it, it, well, without getting too personal with it about it, no one has asked him that question other than people who are close to him because they would rather, it would probably be a rather personal question. Everybody knows Tom Brady has, and he's gone through a divorce, you know, and. Right now, it looks like it looks like he's only playing to fill that void. I mean, you've said it before. What is he going back home to? You know, it. You the man is forty five and in the middle of a divorce. That ain't ideal for most guys in that that age. There, that's a midlife crisis. Well, they're retired. Yeah. And from the like, if they've been NFL, like, the NFL. But let's say it's not the NFL. Let's just say it's a regular old Joe. Yeah, that's a that's, that's a mid life crime. So let's take the NFL aspect out of it. Let's take that take it out 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 that he's making millions. He's a star quarterback. Let's take that out of the equation. He's a regular. He's just your de- an average forty five year old man. You know, who just lost his wife and kids to a divorce. You know, well, not well, his wife, his family, his family's broken. What is Tom Brady playing for? He's not playing for the team anymore. He's playing for himself. He's but playing if you're Miami, why would you want to bring somebody like that in? Because I, I, I feel like he's going to get brought in because, oh, he's Tom Brady. Exactly. That's but I go back to San Francisco. That's where he's from, and they looked at him and said, no. He, I mean, he desperately wanted to go to San Francisco, yeah. and Kyle Shanahan said, "No, I'm not gonna." It, it goes back to my point with LeBron. Whoever brings in LeBron next, should he leave the Lakers, is gonna bring him in just because he's LeBron James. Right. They're not gonna bring him in because he makes the team better. Well, with, with with the 49ers, are are the 49ers any better with Tom Brady than they are with Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo? No. no. So is Miami any better with Tom Brady than they are to a Tonga Valoa? Yes. Mm, not as they're constructed. Man, that's what I'm saying. As that roster sits right now, Tua Tagovailoa is the guy. Like to do what Mike McDaniel's does as far as running wide they, open on the okay, edges. Okay, you okay. know. But do they change coaches? No. Why not? You can't change. You can't fire a coach who just went to the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. Jerry Jones did. But <laughs> that's the point. So, okay, just because Jerry Jones did didn't eat my matter my, of fact. It was so it was more astronomical with Jerry Jones because Jimmy Johnson won two back to back Super Bowls. But was on his way to a third one. Yeah, but that was because Jerry didn't want to turn over keys to the kingdom. Okay, but but Miami's not going to fire McDaniel's. He's got a 
what a three year deal. He and and you're coming off the tampering thing where you already you're, you're Sean Payton's yeah, not coming. You're not asking Tom Brady to go out there and and be Patrick Mahomes. You're but asking Tom saying, Brady to go out there and be. But if you're Tom Miami, Brady. what other than the fact of saying the ticket sales that come with the fact that that's Tom Brady? Outside of that, you're not gaining anything. Outside of his reputation, as he is right now, he is not a better quarterback than Tuntang Maloa. Not physically. Now, between the years, maybe. But I'm saying physically, he's not. Physically, you have to change your offensive philosophy now if you're Mike McDaniels, if you bring him in. Now, I'm not saying that they won't. I'm not saying that that's going to be the deal breaker. I'm just saying from a future of the franchise perspective, because at some point, Tom Brady's either going to get hurt or he's going to say, okay, that's enough. But you can change. That's what I'm saying. You can change your offensive line and still. For a year. Okay, but you're overhauling for a year. Yeah, but you can. And then what are you going to do? You can change it and still be successful. You can still run that upbeat out um, offense. Not with Tom Brady. Why not? No. Why? Tom Brady at 45 is not running the same kind of offense that Tua Tagovailoa well, okay, is. What, what, what kind of offense? What's so different? Because there's not as many RPOs with Tua. Now, that first year there was, but, you know, McDaniels has kind of gotten away from that. He doesn't run as many RPOs. Do you have not to run eight. the RPOs? With Tom Brady, you do. That's what made him so successful. You go back and watch the film of him in New England. That set the tone. Because it allows him to get a, an extra guy in pass well, protection. You, okay, but that, that's, that's, the, that's the guy. That's the, okay, that's it right there then. You want him so bad, you're going to have to change something. Yeah. But I don't know who leaked this. That's the thing. And and Foyo's saying he doesn't know where, but he was told by an NFL source that, hey, this is definitely on the table. I think it comes back to who's leaking this. What is it Tom Brady saying, listen, I desperately want to go to Miami for whatever reason? Or is it Miami saying, we don't think that Tua's coming back. We think the best bridge quarterback is going to be Tom Brady for a year. Maybe we can go draft a guy. That following season. like That's the only thing. And whoever that is better be darn good if that's the decision you make. Yeah. Well, if you pass up a, a Jimmy Garoppolo or even a Baker Mayfield, the guy that you draft better be darn good. I believe so. Because we talked about it. These are some of the type of quarterbacks that are coming out now. Do you go get a Henry Hooker? Maybe. It all boils down to it. I'll say this kind of in this. I don't think Tua should be playing anymore. I, you've had, you've had specialists. You've had uh, Hall of Fame players, and everybody are saying retire. Well, it, it, it's really disturbing when doctors have to tell a team don't have any stressful conversations. Yeah, what does that mean? At that point, that sounds like he's done. I mean. <laughs> If you can't do that, yeah, it's time for you to move on. Yeah. Because this is a stressful job. Oh, I agree. <laughs> you you have to move on. If, if I can't talk to him about stressful stressful situations, what if we're down and they need, you know, it's the final minute, two minutes of the game. They're down. They're driving the field. And That's a lot of stress. Loses it? Yeah. 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 No, you can't risk that for your team and for his help. No. Tua Tungvaloa has to to retire yeah. at this point. 
He has I, to. I, I, I don't see a path forward. Yeah, because he's going to keep taking hits. That's the thing. It's why nobody is telling him this. It's not like the hits are going to stop. He's a quarterback. He's going to get sacked. You can change the rules all you want to. You, If a guy runs into you too hard, that can shake your, that can rattle your head just as much as you hitting the ground. Yeah. These are, you, you, I mean, you're talking about 300 plus, six foot plus guys. 300 pound plus guys, six foot something. Running into you at full speed. Yeah, you gonna get rattled. So it's 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 asinine to me to even think of to even think that they haven't addressed that. Like the hit. Oh, he's well. He's cool. He ain't gonna get sacked no more. He's not gonna get hit. No, he gonna get hit. Well, he, he, I I don't think it's a question of is he getting hit. Obviously, he's gonna get hit again. I think it's just gonna be a question of do they think it would be a life altering thing. Yes, at this point, yes. It, it appears so, yes. I mean, like I said, what the most disturbing part about that report to me was that they are coming out and telling you you can't even have certain conversations with this man. So, to me, that, that goes... You, because that's in line. Yeah. Because now you're going to be on football. Yeah. Because Tua, you don't want Tua to be sitting at home and somebody constantly having to watch after him at a young age. Yeah. You know, that almost happened with uh, Troy Aikman. True. Which caused yeah. him to go into early retirement. You don't want someone to be sitting with Tua at an early age having to coach him through a day and, and constantly keep an eye on him because he didn't go out when he should have. He didn't. Yeah, make know, sure he's able to function. Yeah. Uh, I, you don't but, want But that. I think that this is indicative of where we're at in the NFL that this is now such a prominent issue. Yeah. That, that everybody's paying attention to. Uh, because, you know. Five years ago, we're going, oh, just play. You know, be a tough guy. Go out there and do what you got to do. Now there's actual conversations about should this guy play. Uh, you know, or shame on the Dolphins for putting him out there that last time, you know, when he had the seizure. So, so I think the narrative around this has changed. And I, to me, the catalyst for that was Andrew Luck coming out and saying, you know what, enough's enough. I'm not going to keep doing that. We're seeing that some at the college level where guys just – Walk away from the game. So I think that this, depending on what happens here with Tua, I think that 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 definitely alters, you know, the way that we view head injuries, CTEs, uh, all of that moving yeah. forward. Because now you've got that second time in the last, you know, half a decade that a prominent quarterback <laughs> is saying, "I'm I'm done," you know, to, at a young age. So I, I think that the narrative in sports, so right, injuries of any kind is really changing because now we're more cognizant of the long-term effects that this could have on these players. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. Well, the coaching carousel keeps moving. Uh, it seems like every day, you know, somebody gets requested. Uh, there, there's more buzz. Of course, Sean Payton, I think everybody's in on Sean Payton. Everybody wants to... And why not? That guy. Everybody wants to have that. If he's out there, he's available. Everybody should should at least well, want to have a conversation. Yeah, you get the sense that when he retired, he retired before he wanted to. Yeah, he. It he wasn't retired because elite. he was tired tired of coaching. He retired because he wanted another opportunity. Yeah, he wanted out of New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, but the Texans have formally requested permission uh, to talk to Sean Payton. Cardinals have uh, been granted that permission. So he's, you know, out there for Carolina. So I want to play this little game. Where would you go if you're Sean Payton? You got Carolina, okay. 
you you're you're locked in pretty much with Sam Darnold, probably quarterback. Denver doesn't look like they're moving Russ. Arizona, maybe Kyler Murray's still there, you know, depending on injury situation. And then you've got Houston where you're going to get to draft a quarterback. Of the teams, you know, that are out there that are currently open now, we know the Dallas yeah. the, the Dallas situation. But but as of today, as of right now, that's I, your options. Hmm. It's kind of tough. Because I'm thinking I, I'm thinking between Denver and Houston. But the Houston job got a little less enticing. Because you don't have the number one pick. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah. And, 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 and that team was built on defense. That's what kept them in ball games. Yeah. So that's a completely... And I, I'm saying... I'm saying... I'm going to go with Texans. I'm going to go with Texans. That's my final choice. Because, look, if you can get a... what is that quarterback for Arkansas coming out? Do you know? Uh, Jefferson? Yeah. I don't know if he's formally declared yet or not. Because Sean Payton can work with a pocket quarterback and or mobile quarterback. You get the sense he wants to try the mobile quarterback. So that's why I asked about the guy from Jefferson from uh, Arkansas. He's a mobile quarterback. You do, I mean, and he can he can throw it too. So then you have Henry Hooker coming out. No, he will not be in the draft. Okay. Well, then you have Henry Hooker coming out. Bar, you know, he come the back ACL. off the ACL. Um, but why not Arizona? Like, if it... Do, okay. Look, look, let's try this out for size. Do you trade down to get Calamari from Arizona? Mobile quarterback can throw it. Well, even coming off an injury, I think he'll be fine. I think the Arizona job out of those four. Now, Carolina, that's a playoff team. Like, they were almost in the playoffs. I think you go in there, you work with Sam Darnold, but he's going to be your pocket quarterback. But they seem sold on him over there, at, at least at the moment. Denver, and, and we talked about this yesterday, that it, you know, there's reports out there that he doesn't want to get involved in that situation. And I don't blame him because you really don't know what you're getting into. Yeah. I'm that kidding. Arizona job, if I'm him, if I'm Sean Payton, like I said, and this is just based off of the jobs that are currently open that are being talked about. But if I'm Sean Payton, it all depends on whether I think that I'm the guy who can get Kyler Murray to listen and study and play hard. And if you really believe that, I think that that's enticing. Now, granted, I'm going to go ahead and bring this up. Arizona could possibly be in a rebuild because now they're putting DeAndre Hopkins out that's, on the that's block. That's what I was about to say. And, and you don't, but, but you also get the feeling that they're going to wait to make that move until Peyton makes his decision. Because I can't imagine that you're going to hit the complete rebuild. Now you still got to hire a GM over there because he stepped down, you know, due to health concerns. So, but they've been doing their homework on Sean Peyton for a while now. That you know, it was kind of a. a a feeling in the organization, listen, we're going to move on from Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. So I think if if you keep Hopkins and you think that you can get Kyler Murray to play hard, I think that's the job. Hmm. I did just pop. 
Ooh. Now, you don't have J.J. Watt on Ooh, defense. But, but hold on. Now, I don't know. I'm feeling Houston. I'm feeling Houston. I don't know about but I'm feeling Houston. Because, and this is why I say, the Texans could trade down and give Arizona that second that second pick. True. For Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins. back A, a, a reunion with DeAndre Hopkins back in, Tex, back in Texas with the Texans. With Kyler Murray, with that defense, with that run game, and those other receivers. That's a pretty picture. But then he's going to Houston just for the sake. But, but according to Ellen, he wants to be back in the South. That's why I'm saying. I'm telling you, man. Houston... Even if you don't get Kyler Murray and you draft a quarterback, you already have the receivers, you have the defense, and you have the run game. I think you also have to consider divisions here, too. So if you go to Arizona, you're in a division with L.A., which mm-hmm. that that's a whole different scenario. you got Seattle, that's a playoff team, mm-hmm. and you got the 49ers. So I think you'd have to look and ask yourself, okay, do we think that we can beat San Francisco? And the big question with San Francisco is, who's going to be the starting quarterback? Right. But you assume it's going to still be Trey Lance. But it could be Brock Purdy. Or it could be Jimmy G. I mean, like, I, I, I don't think that they're going to, but it's hard for me to fathom a team telling Jimmy G, after all he's done, we don't want you here. I don't think so. Because you have Brock Purdy now. Now, granted, I did say, you know, Brock Purdy hasn't been truly tested yet. You know. But he's going to get tested in the playoffs. Yeah, he's going to get tested. Uh, but you you have to you have to look at that. You know, it, Brock Purdy coming in and being good and doing good may have made it a little bit easier to say bye bye to Jimmy Jimmy G. So if you're if you're Sean Payton, you got to consider that. Okay, let's look at the Texans division. Got the Jaguars. It's a playoff team. It doesn't seem to be going anywhere. The Titans. You've got to think that they're going to hit the reset maybe and, and be, not rebuild, but reset and be back. The Colts, that's a whole debacle. I mean, you're looking at maybe third in that division. Denver, like I said, that's just a bad situation. So then you go to Carolina. Okay. And you start looking at that division. And you're looking at Tampa, New Orleans, and Atlanta. Yeah. What's the most winnable division? It's going to be that Carolina job. I, I I think it. I mean, no. Yeah. Houston. No, you're not. You're not beating the Jags or the or uh, the Titans, in my opinion. Maybe the Man, Titans. No, not, you're not beating Jackson. You, you no. might, but okay, that's one game. You're gonna hit second because you're gonna beat the Titans. Depending, no, nah, you beating the Titans. I, I, I'm not sold on that. I think, you beating the Titans. I think you just have to. Because I'm gonna tell about, you, I'm gonna tell you why you beating the Titans. But who's gonna be your quarterback? Like we're just shopping that, okay, but that's what I'm the saying. Trade deal, but it, okay, let's say you I'm not can't okay. Trade. I'm not. I'm not okay. You don't have to trade. Go draft. You still you can draft the quarterback. You'll draft the big time a, a, a top quarterback, and you still have a good a great defense, and you still have a good offensive line, and you still have a good run. Run attack. But how do you know you're still going to have a great defense? Because, it, I mean, the, the sense was that Levy built that defense. So? That don't I, change the you're players. Bringing in, you're bringing in a different philosophy, too. You have it depends to on who they, he's okay, bringing in. You can, you can bring in 
Okay, who's your, who's your, okay? Uh, obviously has he has some faith in this guy. Uh, Vic Fangio, who's okay. been the head coach at Denver, been a defensive coordinator other places. Okay, so that's a great defensive coach, but he's also got a different philosophy than Lovey Smith does. Okay. I, I think that's what the other part of this too is that he's already kind of constructed his staff. So I think that's something else he's going to have to consider. Yeah, is I, who I still, all is involved. I'm, I'm more sold on that Houston job because you have a better chance. You're going to beat the Titans. Because Houston, you got to think about it. Houston were were in more in games more than they were out of them. Well, I, I think out of those teams, yeah, Houston's the best. Yeah. Now we all know though that if things go south Monday and the Cowboys' job opens, that changes everything. Well, yeah, of you have course. To assume that he would take that job. But Houston's the best job. I'm sticking with it. I ain't changing it. South Carolina, <laughs> your... uh, Carolina ain't about nothing. Uh, Arizona. That may, be, that may be a division. Arizona. Mm, no, Arizona's up in. Up Who's going to beat Carolina? Name that. Name them again. Tampa. Okay. You've got the Colts. Okay. And no Colts were in the Houston. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, so let me. That's right. You've got Tampa, New Orleans. That's what I was thinking. And Falcons. Falcons just beat Tampa. <laughs> Yeah, but they're not. That's not a no, solid situation. Who's gonna beat? Who's gonna man? Falcons could beat North Carolina. Tampa could beat North Carolina. But you got Tampa. Who's gonna be your quarterback? They might not. Okay, but that's one loss. I mean, that's one win. That's two. You're gonna play everybody twice. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's you what got I'm a, saying. But, you got but, a better chance in Houston. That's only two wins. Like, not. That's not. No, that's your entire well. division, though. You're but gonna win that division. What, two wins against your well, division? No, no, I'm saying you're gonna. That's two wins apiece. So you're looking at two, four, six wins there, and then you look. At, you know, we don't know what the schedule is gonna be like, but they're not beating Atlanta or uh, oh, they're they're a much better team than Atlanta. Atlanta's a mess still, even though they got Matt Corral and he got injured. I mean, you gotta see what you've Atlanta. got. I'm telling you, they're not beating Atlanta. I he says the better. Okay. Carolina the better was a win away from the playoffs, and you're acting like they're cellar dwellers. I ain't say it was cellar dwellers, but they ain't they ain't all that in the bag of chips. Well, neither is Houston. But they're you a lot even, better team to care. I bet you they beat Carolina. A, maybe. Now you know maybe they'll beat no, Carolina no, no. with a good quarterback. I, I, yeah, they will. Okay, but you again, we're back to Sam Donald's not good. He. He's a solid. He's not a great quarterback. He ain't solid. He's a either. solid quarterback. He's not a solid. He quarterback. was this past season. You have to. You have to After he got his act together, they had to go through two quarterbacks just to get him to get his act together. He's not a solid quarterback. He was at the end of the season. He's the one that he got his act together, yeah, no. but he stabilized it. So, situation. but but you but you let you let a washed up Cam Newton and Baker Mayfield come in and take your position. He didn't let them. That was it. Was a foregone conclusion. They can say what they want about the Baker Mayfield deal. They brought him in to try and play. But that shows that, that you were bad situation. But, but either way, it showed that you weren't good enough for the job anymore. So we brought those guys in. No, that was I, that had more to do with the names that they were bringing in. So, but it's the fact that it still happened. I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing that Houston's a Houston's good job. the best job. I just don't go to Houston, it. Sean Payton, if you don't go to Dallas. We'll see. You're in the South. Don't go to Carolina. I agree. Houston's you want to win. <laughs> Houston's a good job. I just don't know if it's the best one. You're going to beat win. the Colts. 
Well, of course you can't beat the Colts. You're going to beat the Colts? Maybe the Colts. How about this? How about this? If they get Jeff Saturday again, you're going to beat the Colts. (laughs) Jeff Saturday is going to get an interview, but so is the special teams coordinator. I'm looking, uh, Bubba Ventrone. What the heck who is was that? Our, he was our, the special teams coordinator who's already on staff. Why are you oh, yeah. interviewing two guys that were already there? Like it clearly that tells me you don't think Jeff Sarri's the guy. Although they're all coming out. Why saying, would well, the special teams get... guy be the guy? Exactly. Now they have you know Jim Harbaugh's been mentioned for that job. Yeah, because he played quarterback there. I think that they're kind of waiting to see about Denver and that situation because again the sense is that he could go to Denver and kind of wants to go to Denver. Well, they could get they could get Jim Harbaugh. Picture this just for you know, just for just picture it real quick. You get Jim Harbaugh, right? You have Arch Manning. <laughs> Imagine that. Get a reunion later on down with the Manning. Yeah, with the Manning back in Indiana, Indianapolis. Could happen. He's a pocket quarterback. True. So therefore you have to worry about and he, he's he's somewhat mobile. He can run. Okay, but at what point is Indianapolis going to just pull a plug on this Jeff Saturday thing? I he went one in seven, and I know he came out and he said, "Well, things would be a lot different if I had the." You no, go and make the change. Like if you wanted to be that different and wanted to prove to everybody that you're worthy of that job, make the changes while you had the job because yeah. you knew that you're not guaranteed the wait, job. Wait, wait. He said. If he he got it sooner, so like at the beginning of the season. Well, no, if he gets the permanent job, that he's going to make changes. You were there for half the season, and, and you only make won one changes. game. And it was your first game, by the way. And, and, and matter of fact, you you could have won a game up thirty three points, but you blew that. So you want a permanent position? You haven't proven nothing, Jeff. Other than that, you were an awesome center for the for the Colts. I, I just thought that was interesting because if you're really sold on Jeff Saturday, then why are you even talking about how, uh, talking or interviewing the oh. guy who is his special teams coordinator on the same coaching staff? Now I get if Harbaugh's interested, you have to talk to Harbaugh. One, because it's Jim Harbaugh, and two, because you know he played there. Yeah, I think you have to talk to him. I think you have to. Of course, you have to talk to Sean Payton. Uh, if he's interested, but there's been no real connection there other than, you know, his name's been mentioned, but no request yet. So I think you have to, if he's interested, you have to talk to him, obviously. But if you really believe that, or, or if you're truly going to give Jeff Sandy a fair shake, then why is Bubba Ventrone even being approached? The special teams guy. And what, what about that? Like, what's going to be different making him the head coach? And what is he gonna what's, do? What's the guy's name? The special teams coach for Dallas, fast for sale. Oh yeah, he's a better candidate. <laughs> His special I mean, teams is better than now, okay. Colts. Joe Judge was special teams for the Patriots. He got the head job in New York. We also got that turn now. I mean, I I just didn't understand that. Like, I want to ask Jim Irsay, what are you doing? Like, what but is this the process? Is, in your mind, it clicks in your mind when it says the position and it says specialist at the end. You know what that means? That's what you're good at. They specialize in that area. Not everything else, not defense or offense, but in in special teams. That's yeah. your special team specialist. That's your special. You specialize in that. 
That's what you do. You're not a head coach. You got that job for a reason because you were good at that job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're relegated to that end of the. I think it's just that's that's just he not want. I I don't know if you don't want to go through the process of interviewing new guys and going in. So I'm just gonna go through the. I'm just gonna do the retreads. Yeah, I already know what he's like. You know, (laughs) call Tony Dungy see if he's still interested. Yeah, like I don't know, but that was interesting to me. Uh, I tell you, a team that's getting busy is is Carolina. So that you know, of course, they've requested for Sean Payton. They've also requested for Kellen Moore, and they've requested for Frank Reich. Uh, okay. Oh, Frank Reich out of uh, that was the Colts head coach. No, who was previously in Philly. I mean, I don't know. I that's interesting. Frank Reich maybe goes in there. That's an offensive-minded guy. I don't. The fact, and we talked about this. The fact that Kellen Moore is Still even going to get an interview. Why is he? Why, I mean, that's not. What is? Oh my gosh, what has he done? I think that Man, there's just a fascination with the fact that he's been the offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. Another job that could be interesting. Everybody wants Dallas. But here's another job that is still in limbo that I think changes everything, too. And that is the Rams' job. Because Sean McVay says, listen, probably by the end of this week, so maybe tomorrow or the beginning of next, we're going to get an answer from him. So apparently there's still some interest from some of the broadcasting you know, people out there that, hey, we would want to bring you in. He has told people in his inner circle, listen, I'm just burnt out. You know, I've been doing this a while. I don't know if I want to keep doing this. He's told his other coaches, you know, go interview for other jobs if you want to. We know that the defensive coordinator has been approached by the Broncos and a couple of other teams about possibly, you know, interviewing for, for their head coaching jobs. Sounds like a man who has one foot out the door, if not half his body at this point. So, <laughs> if that's the case, I think that that changes things too because you've got to you you got to think you would assume that they're going to go want to talk to Sean Payton. You're in Los Angeles; that's a big market. You're going to assume that Jim Harbaugh, you know, he, he was in San Francisco. Does he go back to the West Coast? You're going to assume that maybe they talk to him. Who's going to be your quarterback there? Matt Stafford says he wants to play another year. Baker Mayfield says he believes he's a starting quarterback in the league. Does he want to, you know, yeah. so I think there's some questions. But to me, that's an intriguing job for some of these guys. Yeah, definitely. I so. think you bring in, if you're if you're Los Angeles, though, if you're the Rams, you bring in an established head coach. I can't imagine that you're bringing in a coordinator for that job. Yeah. That's yeah. Coordinator isn't a good fit for Los Angeles. You, you got all. away with it with Sean McVay, but I don't think yeah. you get away with it twice. No, um, you got a Super Bowl out of that, but I don't. So I don't. I don't say they go get a guy like Kellen Moore. You know I, that wouldn't be fit. I say they go get a guy. If they. I'm telling you, Jim Harbaugh would be a great fit for the Rams. Um, that philosophy, yeah, that hard nose, yeah. yeah, he'd be a great a great fit for the Rams because. Then after this season, coming off a Super Bowl year to and then going through this season where they're at now after this season, nobody saw that coming. So if you could get a Jim Harbaugh that could, you know, get it back together or possibly get it back together and um, run, you know, a, a dominant offense and uh, put together a good defense, you know, you have something again in L.A. to continue on with. 
And to see how, how far they fell this season, you get the sense that someone took it lightly this season. Someone yeah. didn't, you know, someone was still on Super Bowl mode. You yeah, know? well, you know, that was it. We're going to run it back. We're going to, you know, and... Yeah. Yeah, you didn't put you in the work. Even, yeah. You didn't from, put in... from the word go, I mean, that opening game, and I watched them, and I said, that's not good. Like, yeah. You didn't, you didn't watch them. There was no point in the season with the Rams where you thought, that's a Super Bowl team. Right. Like, it's just going to flip. The... And I think that there was a sense where they were just going to flip the switch and go back to last year, and that didn't happen. Matthew Stafford greatly regressed. Yeah. You know, you had some injuries. Uh, on both sides of the ball, I understand that, but it just you, you never got the sense that this is a team who's going to run it back. Yeah, well, and I said this before: is like you got Matthew Stafford on the back end of his career. Oh yeah, like you, you lucked up and you got him while he was still you know at the good, and you won a Super Bowl. He was able to lead you to a Super Bowl, but he's also on the back end of his career, meaning that his progression as a player is going to decrease uh it's on the decline you know he's more prone to injuries um though his arm isn't the same and so you you have to take that into consideration now if they do keep him another year however uh you know he may still have a little something left in the tank uh to work with but i do say keep baker mayfield uh on the roster because I believe that Baker, that that's a good match but, for Baker. Yeah, but with the way Baker's talking, he's only going to go where they let him start. So do you tell Stafford, or do you put Stafford out there? Like, is there a team out there that would trade for a Matthew Stafford this time? Mm-mm-mm. I mean, that that's going to be the question. Do you just release him? I mean, I, I think it all comes down to who's going to be the head coach. Is McVay going to say, or do you bring somebody in, and what, what are they looking now, for in a quarterback? I, I will say this. If McVay's out, and uh, let's just say Sean Payton is up for the job, then you keep – you. I'd say that out of respect, he would venture to, to keep Matthew Stafford because, you know, he's somewhat like a Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Um, but out of philosophy and what you want to do with your offense, you start Baker Mayfield. Well, I thought so. I thought that they looked like a much more energetic, more lively team with yeah. him at, at quarter. That's why I believe that's the place for Baker Mayfield. Very well could be. Um, but the, the other piece of this conversation, because we've been talking about all these head yeah. coaching uh, jobs, is the Rooney Rule. So the Rooney Rule says that you have to interview at least uh, one or two candidates of ethnicity and then, you know, it, it kind of is trying to create a balance to where that there's more diversity in the coaches who are head coaches in the NFL. So the Texans famously are, are at the middle of this controversy because right. they had two black head coaches back-to-back. They fired both of them in, in two years in a row. So a reporter asked the Texans uh, GM, Nick Casario, why any black candidate he interviewed should feel the full support of the front office after firing two black coaches in back-to-back years. But Casario said race is not a factor. He said, I think each individual is going to have to make that choice. In the end, it's not about race. It's about finding quality coaches. There's a lot of, and this was his uh, words on Monday, there's a lot of quality coaches. David is a quality coach, talking about David Culley. Lovey is a quality coach, talking about Lovey Smith. 
in the end, each coach has their own beliefs. Each coach has their own philosophy. Each coach has a comfort level about what we're doing. That's all I can do is just be honest and forthright, which I've done from the day that I took this job. And I'm going to continue to do that and try to find the coach that makes the most sense for this organization. Okay, well, hold on. That's a bunch of bullcrap in the first place because I say this. If you believe that, why in the heck did you hire Lovey Smith in the first place? I thought that that was yeah. a... And, and, and that... And, you're not being honest. You you. <laughs> I, I go back to what Ellen told us in his interview that the league told him to hire Levy Smith. Yeah. Because the league looked around. They were coming off the Brian Flores situation where he was about to sue them for the Rooney rule. Yeah. And they said, okay, we're going to try and placate everybody and put another. But but here's my here's my issue with the Rooney rule. It shouldn't be about race at all from either side. It should be about who is the best coaching candidate. Yeah. And it, it goes back to Brian. I go back to Brian Flores, who sued the NFL because he said, listen, I got a sham interview with the Giants. Yeah. And it all starts with, a, of all things, a text from Bill Belichick, who texts the wrong Brian in his phone, right? Yeah. So it starts there. But he says, listen, I got a sham interview with the Giants just because I'm black. Well, that's because the NFL forced them to interview at least one black coach. Yeah. That, if they, if you have no intentions of hiring somebody, why interview them? That's my thing. Yeah. And it shouldn't matter their race. White, black, Hispanic, whatever. It shouldn't be about that. It should be about who is the best coach for your organization, period. Yeah. And honestly, if you... I mean, it was a bad hire... For the Texans. I hated it. I am not saying hate it. I, I didn't like it for Lovey Smith because Well you, you felt put, like it was one and done. Yeah, because you put him in a bad situation. Uh you you had the, the mess that was with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. He had to go through that. And then on top of that, your team wasn't productive for the majority of the year. It wasn't a good team last year, even to begin with, these last two seasons. So you put him in, in a mess of a team. But you had here was my deal. I thought he would at least get another year. And the I did reason too. I thought that I was too. he had them playing hard. Maybe they look at that and go, okay, let's see what we can get one more year out of it. Yeah. And just go from there. But but that you've got to really believe they must really believe that they're gonna get a Sean Payton or a you know, one of these bigger name coaches. Yeah. But that's great. That's all good. But the thing is, and I thought they would give him another year too. The thing is, he won himself out of a first round pick, and obviously, nobody, everybody was saying, okay, Texas still have has the uh, number one pick. They were telling Bryce Young, don't go to Houston. Yeah, but then the way they were playing, that started to look like a good a matchup. Yeah. And I don't think that but I think it I don't also think there was comes no, back to the offensive line. Yeah, I don't think know. there were any any confidence in him being the head coach if Bryce Young was to go yeah. there. But okay, if that's the case, they won out. They won, you know, down to the second uh, to obtain a second pick. That's fine. You may not get Bryce Young, but you can still get another quarterback that you may feel okay. He's I, I feel a lot more comp- confident with him coaching that quarterback yeah. than with Bryce Young. That's why I believe, part of why I believe they would, you know, get past 
whatever it was, and give him another year. It's not fair that you give a guy one year um, who obviously, like you said, has the team playing hard, the defense is playing good, that's been been in games more than they've been out of games. If you were going to give him a legitimate chance. Yes, you give him another year. Yeah. As a prove it, you know, as... You just have to. But but like I said, just from an overall perspective, as we're kind of getting this, in the heat of this coaching carousel search, take the pressure off these teams. Let them hire whoever is best. Don't put them in these situations where they're having to answer these questions. Yeah. And if you're the NFL, why do you want to keep putting yourself in this situation? Well, NFL, it's, it's just like, you know, when they say whatever the government has their hands in something, it's not good. Yeah. And the it's, NFL is exactly yeah, that way. It, because you're forcing teams to do something they don't want to do. And if they don't want to do it, that's on them. Um, but, like, you you hire because you look at your team and you look at the players that you draft and you, you go by, you go through which coaches would be best yeah. for that team, for that, to add a, their philosophy to that team. It shouldn't be a race issue. Now, regardless... Or not, there's obvious, you know, there's no black, barely any black coaches in the NFL that are head coaches, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, then you you can't just look around and say, okay, he deserves a job because he's black. Right. What about that man's quality? What about his... What if he goes in there and loses? I... Yeah, like if he loses, then what? You've given him a job. Based off of what he looks like, not because of what he can bring, what he offers, and that's where you you mess up. That's where we go wrong. Is you want to do this because you feel a need or you feel convicted in some way that okay, it's it's not right. That it's not happening. Well, it's not happening. The majority of the time, it's because if that person's not qualified, that and that person doesn't have the quality to coach. And if they don't want to be a head coach. Yeah, I think... Then I don't think Lovey Smith wanted to be a head coach. No, I think he took that job reluctantly. But like I said, it, it's just sad that the NFL you know, is putting teams in this position. Well, yeah. we're coming up to the end of the show. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. I think we've covered a lot of ground. Got more for you tomorrow because, like we say, sports never stops. Uh, have a great day, and we will see you 9-11 tomorrow.